have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, you look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. And welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, powered by Fantasy Pros or Fantasy Points Media Group. That only <laughs> took me 30 seconds to screw that up. Fantasy Points Media Group. Proud to be part of that family here. And we're off to a great start. But you know what? We <laughs> keep on moving forward here. Uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, tonight, joining us uh, from The Athletic, uh, Jake Seeley. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing uh, better than your start. <laughs> Fantastic. First show. First show with Fantasy Points Media Group. And I'm going to repeat Fantasy Points Media Group. Many times you're trying to make it up and maybe people forget about it. You know, some, sometimes when you get in an argument with an idiot, you just let the idiot keep going and eventually forget what he start, the whole conversation started with. That's kind of where I'm trying to go. In, in the wise words of Adam Rank, take the long way around. You know, to make a long story longer, that's kind of where I'm going with this. So hopefully if I keep rambling on, people will forget the start, focus on the present, and here we go. Well, I found out you're Canadian. I'm actually surprised you haven't apologized for it yet. You should like, have like three sorries by now. Well, I, you know, I thought that was kind of taken for uh, automatically assumed there. The, the sorry, the A, throwing in there yeah. just a little bit there. but uh, I wouldn't worry about it, good. Matt. Look, if, if Fantasy Points crew was looking for someone who was going to pronounce every word right and get everything out right the first time, they wouldn't be looking at us to begin with, right? Let's be Great honest. point. Great point. You know, I call it a victory that I actually said Jake's name right, to be honest. That's right. <laughs> I probably still got the last name wrong, but at least I nailed the Jake. No, no, right? no. You got the last name right. Congratulations. Hey, you know, so, you know, we're 50-50 so far. That, that's a victory for me. What about the episode number? Did you get the episode number yet? No, I don't even think I announced that. So this is <laughs> this is episode 74-ish. Now yeah. that I'm off my game a little bit. But, yeah, you know what? We're doing good. We're on a roll here. And uh, uh, Jake's going to join us here for the next hour and talk a little shop. And here we go. So first thing we got to hit off here, um, get some housekeeping underway here. I'm going to toss this up here. If you guys are interested in some of the best – uh, website, fantasy football knowledge out there, head over to fantasypoints.com. Use uh, promo code 21vipers10 for 10% off any Fantasy Points subscription. That's going to kind of keep rolling around at the bottom there, so you can catch that as you go. Uh, make sure you support the Fantasy Points Media Group as well as Fantasy Points. That's Fantasy Points Media Group. Got that? Yeah, fantasy yeah. Points Media Group. That sounds like a I think great I'm deal to me. Great job. I think I think I've made up for the the beginning now already. Um, that said, <laughs> you know you know we have to talk about we have to talk about Julio Jones a little bit. So we're going to lead into that right off the get go. It's probably been talked about over and over and over again. Uh, Jake, what's your quick reaction to uh, Julio Jones in Tennessee and kind of your original thoughts? Like the first thing that popped into your head. Uh, first thing that popped in my head is net neutral is the fact that, you know, yeah, he's not going to see the same target volume with Atlanta, uh, but at the same time, he'll see improvement in efficiency. So I'm fine with Julio Jones. I actually tweeted out after, fortunately, I was already starting to run my projections for the draft kit next month. 
and Julio Jones checked in right at wide receiver 17. But as you guys well know, once you get past that top tier, I mean, there's about a 10 point difference between wide receiver eight and 24 ish. So if you wanted to say 15, if you wanted to say 20, he's in that group. Uh, AJ Brown, I initially had a wide receiver four. He dropped to eight. Not a huge difference. Uh, I have no concerns about Derrick Henry. Uh, we know what's going on with, we already had Calvin Ridley. I think everybody consensus was top five, if not top four, three potentially. And he's checked in right there. So I think the big winner is Ryan Tannehill. Really? Uh, we were kind of all had hesitation of whether or not he could repeat the touchdown success. Cause it's so efficient, but you add Julio Jones to AJ Brown. The biggest downfall is I'm just crushed because I had so many drafts because I'm sitting here going, I said it on 15 podcasts. Maybe and I said, Everything the Titans have told us is that Josh Reynolds is the number two. And then, boom, out the window. <laughs> you might as well. Josh Reynolds actually I was inside my top 45. The update dropped him to wide receiver 89, which basically Ooh. means, yeah, forget wow. about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm glad you mentioned. I'll say, I think he still can eat in that offense. There's going to be a lot of like coverage on the outside. He can get some targets up underneath, right? maybe no. 50 60 for the season <laughs> right yeah. right that's the problem yeah uh, i'm so glad that you brought up josh reynolds here because the one thing i do want to talk about and you recently released this article was the top breakout wide receivers of 2021 and i have a feeling josh reynolds may have found himself on there as a potential breakout prior to this news i know tara was doing her kind of little writing and she made sure to assume when talking about russell gage that julio jones was not going to be around for that <laughs> but <laughs> kind of talk about those breakout guys. Don't give us all of it because we got to go tune into the athletic to make sure yeah. we get all that information. But what do you got on that breakout? Yeah, Josh Reynolds was number nine. Uh, so now he just has a nice strike through. And then the first word is just whelp. And, you know, there's whelp. the rest from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of year two guys. Uh, I have a ton. I've been trying to trade for a ton of Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager. Uh, they're both on the list, uh, mostly because miscast as number ones and playing primarily on the outside. And both these teams have had some adjustments. I think Josh, or Josh Brown, John Brown was one of the most overlooked discount signings that we saw this offseason that should help rugs and of course we know philly drafted Devonte smith uh but judy with a healthy Cortland sutton also kind of miscast as the number one out there uh, but the top of my list is probably going to be overpriced by the time we get to august sorry barkley's playing with her pillow right next to me <laughs> uh is, is cd lamb i like i had cd lamb a couple weeks ago and said that you know you could see both he and amari cooper finishing his wide receiver ones we've seen teammates do it plenty of times i mean like the the buzz just from the industry is going to be way too high so i'll just go right back to my number two and it's all dj chark and laviska chenault now with trevor lawrence love those guys that's an interesting combination they got there in Jacksonville. They kind of added, you said, Visca's there, and then you got Marvin Jones there. They're, they've got some offensive weapons there in Jacksonville, I think. And you throw an ETN there, James Robinson, quite possibly, you know, depending and on how you feel. You're leaving that. one out. Tim Tebow, come on. Oh, we got to get Tebow in there. That's the end of the show. Thanks for coming on, Jake. Isn't my guy there, Tyler Eifert, isn't he, still, isn't he in Jacksonville this year? No, he's not on the roster anymore. As far as I know, they, no. they already get rid of him. Yeah, that's so. why they brought in Tim Tebow. <laughs> they kick him aside. 
that Ooh, I saw the, like I'm a Colin Johnson fan. I was actually a little bit disappointed by Marvin Jones coming in, but uh, exactly. Colin Joe, Colin Johnson, he already mentioned that he might play some tight end. Like, did, can we just stop? Let's just admit <laughs> the fact that you just want to throw out four wide receivers. Just that's what you want to do. Well, Colin Johnson, he's kind of built like one too. He was like six foot six or something, or I can't remember. I might be making numbers up here, but he's at least six foot four. He's no, a big, he's, six, he's a big guy. He's six, Is he? six, yeah. yeah. So, oh, Jake. So, just so you know, we don't do any fact checking here. It's just throw out some numbers. We just kind of go with it and see. Oh, he's seven three. Out. Yeah, you can say seven, anything three. you want. <laughs> six foot six and twenty four inches. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. I will say for the assumption that some people will make, Colin Johnson is not the Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin, though. He's not slow and fat. That's true. Well, are we going to see Devin Funches this year? Because he held out last year, and now, you know, do we even know what's going on with Green Bay? I heard that now Russell Wilson said he wanted to trade, and then all of a sudden he said he didn't want to trade, and Aaron Rodgers wants to trade. You know what? Wouldn't it just make a lot of sense just to, you know, send Aaron Rodgers to Seattle and Russell Wilson to Green Bay and just call it even? No, because it's not even. <laughs> Russell Wilson still has probably seven years left. Aaron Rodgers probably has about three. If I'm I'm Seattle, I want more. Am I crazy to say that? No, no I don't think so. I I think the Bears are the real winner. They were really they were willing to offer up a whole lot of money and a lot of draft picks and all this capital. They end up with Justin Fields instead because Seattle felt that they weren't getting enough out of. Chicago. I think it was like what three first round picks were was the rumor at one point. So, well, the draft. Uh, what was the suggested draft or draft trade? Is that the Broncos? It was. I think what was it three first rounders, a second, uh, Chubb and um, Sertain. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. whoa, <laughs> uh, yeah, like chill out a little bit there. <laughs> Jake, we've that been talking like a-, a lot about the uh, about the Jets recently. Who do you see being the breakout receiver for the Jets this year? Uh, he's on the list, Denzel Mims, and I'm not even a Denzel Mims fan. Like I, last year, I thought he was getting way too much hype coming out of college because the, what I said about Denzel Mims is okay. We know he's a great deep threat, but if you watch him play, the problem with Denzel Mims is he runs into coverage. Like so, I'm sure you guys know this. Everybody watching or listening knows this. Is when you stack a corner, you stack a defender. He does the opposite. Is he <laughs> has separation, and instead of just running past a defender or stacking them. It's like the guy's five yards deep on him to like backpedaling and he runs towards the defense. Like I, it's baffling. I watched it so much through his film. Um, and I'm not like the best film guy, but if it's that obvious to me, uh, that was my concern about Mims. Obviously that can be corrected. I'd rather work on something like that than somebody who can't run routes at all. But that's why I think he'll be able to be the breakout wide receiver for them is because also Corey Davis, I think we found out that myself included, I thought I expected a lot more of him coming out of college. And I have some hesitation in the fact that his success last year came from being a 1B instead of the 1A. And now playing for the Jets and asking to get number one corner attention, being the number one guy, is that he could put up the same numbers but less efficiently, which should open things up for Mims and whether it's Crowder or Elijah Moore in the slot. I think Mims has some uh, Mike Wallace, uh, those kind of like a Torrey Smith, like that kind of appeal. Might be frustrating in a few weeks throughout the season in fantasy because of the downside of it, but I, he, clearly the breakout. Are you concerned at all that he's behind Keenan Cole right now? I don't OTAs? believe that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't believe that at all. I just, that's for, for all these, you know, Keelan Cole's or whatever stuff that it's prove yourself for Mims. Mims is in a second year. Keelan Cole's been around. If 
Denzel Mim loses the job for Keelan Cole. I mean, that then just we just write him off. You, you there's talent wise and what Mims can do. There is no reason starting week one that he should be behind Keelan Cole. So let's keep it in New York here. Uh, you're a Giants fan. No, <laughs> I'm a Giants fan on hiatus until Gettleman's fired. Let's make it correct. Let's get it correct. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll root for the players, but not for the team. So. Thanks. Okay, let's talk about those players. We're we're in that wide receiver kind of feel right now. They will leave Evan Ingram completely out of the equation because let's face it, we could throw him the ball and he's not going to catch it anyway. But you got Slayton there, you got Tony, you've got Shepard, and you've got Kenny Galladay coming there. How is this wide receiver room going to shape out going forward, in your opinion? I think this the biggest beneficiary here is Jeremy Shepard. Uh, you, I, you talk about miscast with the rookies and going into their second year. Sterling Shepard's numbers are they're dramatically different when he's playing out of the slot versus outside. And, you know, similarly, like you see like Christian Kirk kind of in a place where they can play outside. But that's kind of like, hey, we'll kick you outside 20, 30 percent of the time just to mix things up maybe spell a little coverage going in a different direction. And maybe it's just to break something open for the number one. Uh, but being the number one playing outside and playing across from Slayton and just Slayton had a kind of a downturn. Like, you know, the Giants got more out of Slayton from his rookie season than anybody expected. And I think there, we all knew there was going to be a little bit of regression as teams kind of like got their book on him, so to speak. Uh, I think I think Galladay honestly helped Shepard the most. My concern for Kenny Galladay is not Kenny Galladay, because what do we know about Galladay? He doesn't separate, but he doesn't need to because he's Kenny Galladay. The problem is Daniel Jones doesn't really th- show us the confidence throwing guys that are covered. Like mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's throwing two guys who are covered. He knows Kenny Galladay's coming down with that. Daniel Jones already has a hesitation from his own play. And I'm worried that it's, Kenny Galladay already, we, we were talking about like what, 100 targets, 110 targets and 70 receptions and all those touchdowns. I, that that might be a ceiling there. And I don't even know those touchdowns are going to be there for him. So it really comes down to Shepard. I think Shepard gets that boost being fantasy relevant once again. Were you excited about the Tony pick? Uh, for next year. Because speaking of Shepard, I would put money if there was a bet in Vegas right now. I would put money on the fact he's not on the team next year because the Giants can save over ten million by letting him go next year. Unfortunately yeah, for Shepard, yeah, they kind of mentioned that Shepard's job wasn't in jeopardy. I think the coach yeah. kind of already talked to him. But yeah, we know how that goes. That's all coach talk and stuff like that. Uh, Pod kind of steps in here. Do you trust Saquon this year? You feel 100%. comfortable with him? 100%. Absolutely. I think I think he's going to be the running back one this year. I really believe that. I think he's going to outperform Christian McCaffrey. And I think I like that Giants offense. They have a sneaky good offense, I think, going into this season. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. But Calvin, I heard that door creak for somebody. Is that Christian McCaffrey walking into the room to come get you? Because uh, it very well be. <laughs> so Jake, if you don't know, part of the show is behind this curtain here, behind this drop, there's a door. It's basically like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or even those doors that you see reference. on Monsters, Monsters Inc., where you know yeah. it leads to anywhere. There's there's kids that come in and out of that back door like you wouldn't believe. There's like eleven or twelve kids in this house. Some may not might not even be mine. I'm not even sure anymore. But yeah, you'll hear that door going quite a bit. I probably should grease it up, but WD forty in two seconds will take care. But hey. I'm with you in the fact that I mentioned this so two years ago that Saquon Barkley actually had a better points per game than Christian McCaffrey, but that was also before the 100% peak level Christian McCaffrey. I'm still taking McCaffrey, and then 
the other uh, so the flip side of it is Saquon Barkley's two injuries are kind of freak nature. For anybody that watches baseball, it's kind of like Giancarlo Stanton. It's like Stanton's not an injury prone player. It was just some really freak, like hitting in the face, the elbow, and stuff like that. If you want to talk about Todd Gurley, like that level of stuff, when you're talking about you don't have ligaments and that that's an injury risk. You, nobody expected Barkley to get hurt two years in a row. Uh, this is the same argument I bring. If you want to, I wouldn't do it. But if you want to take Derrick Henry first, I wouldn't do it. But if you wanted to, I wouldn't complain about it because he's a freak of nature. If he gets hurt, it's going to be a freak injury. It's not going to be because he carried it 370 times last year. How do you feel about the offensive line? The I, I I don't trust them as much as they trust it. I find it baffling that the Steelers and the Giants both came out of the draft and came out of free agency basically saying, we're good with what we have. I mean, there was like little tweaks, but yeah, it's, it's, it's putting a lot. I mean, Lemieux was one of the worst graded offensive linemen. You know, you have Solder sitting out for an entire year. Maybe that's good at his age. Maybe he comes back 100% now playing on the right-hand side, but Andrew Thomas saw a little bit of improvement late in the season. Uh, some of it they blamed on the coaching staff, which, you know, hey, that could be a, a thing. You know, Pert was kind of a dice roll, and if he's already ready this year, there's just it's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of if he's ready, if this guy breaks out, if this guy reaches his potential. So I hope their confidence spells true for them. I, honestly, all they need to do is top half and just not bottom five, and everything should gel for them. And then it's all going to be on the shoulders of Daniel Jones, obviously. Really good talk, and honestly, we could probably ask you questions for the next 45 minutes about football and feel like it was a lot of fun. But also for this show, for those that tune in, they know that that's really not the point of it. We love the football talk, but we are also going to spend time getting to know Jake and, and getting a chance to hear about your story. And so we always start with the, with the same question, and it gives us a little bit of a peek into your personality um, if you were a closer for baseball, you mentioned baseball there. I know you're a baseball fan. I see the Carter behind you. So are you, I guess you're a Mets guy. Yeah, I'm a Mets guy. I'm, I'm back. See, I was, Mets. I was doing the same thing with the giants until the will ponds were like, like the new ownership. I was a hiatus on them as well, but now they're gone. Now we have Steve Cohen. So I'm back in on the Mets. hundred percent. Bingo. Lindor all the way up. All, um, all of them. If you're the closer for the Mets and you got a song that you're going to come out to that intro uh, music, that's going to get the, crowd pumped and introduce you to them perfectly what song is that uh, it's it's actually easy for me so because of the timing of it if you sabotage mm. by bc boys so if you mm. wait and that second time through where it drops and then builds back up and then as like soon yells. as it kicks back in yeah. that's when i bust through the outfield door and yeah. I'm the guy who sprints to the mound <laughs> that's yes. that's who i would that's exact i 100 percent would have that song Great pick. So we're, we're not going to hear any Casey and JoJo a little bit, nothing like that to flare up. We're not going to get a little bit of, I will never find another lover sweeter than sweeter you. Than you. Sweeter, than sweeter than you. Than you. No, no, hold on. By the way, after, lover. <laughs> after tweeting you. that, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole of the best 90s R&B <laughs> love songs. And that's, I just spent like hours today just listening to different ones. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> well, you know what? That kind of goes. I'm glad you did your research because I, I understand. I looked at your profile. I did some Twitter stalking and I'm all sorry. this other fun stuff that goes with it. And uh, it says you, not only are you a fantastic baseball and football um, 
analysts when it comes to top five rankings and stuff, but you kind of rank just about everything, candy and this and that. So let's kind of go into Jake Seeley's top five love songs. <laughs> well, I just gave you number one. I mean, you know that it's it's definitely Casey and JoJo, and that's people use. Which, by the way, for everybody out there who bring up the close to you, like my or close to you, like my mother and brother, and stuff, like people, why they think that's weird for this? Like, actually, does anybody in the show know this? Does anybody in the show know who the song was originally written for? Someone's grandma. No, Someone's nobody knows. Grandma. Say, look, JoJo wrote it for a seven year old seven year old daughter at the time. Oh, so we all turned it into a love song. As in, like, super romantic love song, but when you understand that context, that section makes a lot more sense than, like, because I don't think anybody's True. ever about here a significant other and been like, man, you're close to me like my brother and my mother <laughs> and my sister and my mother. Like, True. that just would be weird, kind of say. Uh, you have to sing that. It, it sounds so weird if you say it. I'm not, it. trust me. You thought. That Come was on, bad. Hey. You you don't you don't you you don't want to hear me saying. Right. <laughs> so when God was creating people, and he basically made me and took any ounce of musical talent that could possibly have and gave it to the talented people. Like you don't want me to play an instrument, or you don't want me to sing. You don't want to, no. You don't want any That's of that. That's why he me. also made alcohol and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I've legitimately never done karaoke in my life, ever. I was, no, what, what, what was the original question, by the way? We well, don't know. I, guess, <laughs> I guess the four best love songs after All My Life by Casey and JoJo. Oh, wow. I don't know after that. That's just that's such a tough one to follow. Um, let's see. Nobody is a good one that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, what about oh, all for one? What's the what's the name of it? Oh, for I one. swear. Thank you. I swear is a good one. That is a you good can, one. That's Matt's can, favorite see, song. He said I, I, I skated to that. I skated. And to New Edition. New Edition. That's the, the love song that they had. I, I, I'm terrible at remembering names of songs, by the way, as you, if you couldn't tell. Um, all that musical talent also involves remembering the names of musical songs. So. <laughs> when you say skated to that, you mean like at a roller rink? Like, oh, I mean like couple skate, yeah. I mean like hold hands okay. and skate. couples roller, yeah. <laughs> Just make it high sure. school, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that was high school. I was, but it, it had been out for a few years, obviously, because I'm not that old. I mean, it was a, actually that'd be kind of weird. I'm in my 20s, couple skating to new edition. <laughs> or it could be really cool, you know. I've uh, I've got a fun fact for you guys. When I saw that, uh, when I saw that question, did you guys know that Eddie George, uh, Eddie George's wife, is actually a 90s R&B star? No. SWV. Oh, SWV. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, mm -hmm. nice. Wow. Yeah. How about nice that? little tie-in. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Jared, can you please a... save us and take us to the next question, please? I can't. Oh, I can't. We, we can go right into the rabbit hole here. We can keep this rabbit hole going. <laughs> the comments just keep popping up. Um, <laughs> the best question we ever had here. Yes. Well, let's take it to sports. So, so Jake, let's dive into you and sports. Tell us about, you know, the um, sports that you played growing up. We know your favorite teams. Um, maybe tell us about your favorite players, too. 
Yeah, so uh, I started with baseball at a super young age. Um, that's why Gary Carter is so number eight. That's why I always chose number eight as much as possible or five. Uh, that was after with like David Wright and Omar Garcia Pera and all those kind of guys. Uh, but baseball growing up, the thing is funny was baseball is I actually wanted to be like a GM. I never wanted to be a professional baseball player. I'm the weird one. Like all these kids, I want to grow up and play baseball. It's like, no, I want to grow up and tell you who you're playing for. That's what I want to do. Uh, so I played baseball. I played basketball all the way through 10th grade and stopped after 10th. grade. I mean, I still played recreationally, but I was the true three and D. Uh, I was Trevor Ariza before Trevor Ariza was Trevor Ariza. Um, <laughs> but when I stopped being able to shoot three pointers that I was done. <laughs> so I have very little <laughs> athletic skill outside of that. But like, so yeah, my career is done there. Uh, played one year of football, played safety because my I realized real quickly playing football, like I get tunnel vision. Like I could play, I could never play quarterback or running back or anything like that. Uh, I just get very narrow focus. So I play safety, kind of like free safety, so I could just keep my eyes forward. Um, but even that, I, I was just never that great. But played baseball all the way through college. Could have played at ODU, but I chose not to because I'd be like. The 35th, however, however big the roster is, I would have been the last guy. So I was like, I'm not going to practice 20 hours a week just to have a jersey and sit on the bench and watch the game. Hopefully that we're either winning or losing 20 to nothing so I can get in on the game. Um, but that was baseball and then golf. I picked up golf in 10th grade. And so basically playing baseball and golf because we didn't have a home field for baseball and everything for golf is on the road. My senior year at high school, I was half days almost every single day of the week just nice. to go to the matches yeah that's because we always nice. had to leave for baseball we had to leave by noon and for golf you had to leave like 10 11 o'clock in the morning so yeah never but um gary carter actually uh rest his soul he actually signed me a picture because he went to a church of my parents friends down in florida and there was a baseball card either from 88 or 89 it was the one with the wood paneling for everybody that collected baseball cards um he signed it and it was a blown up version of it, like a six by nine or something like that. And that picture that they took is him in front of home plate. Just he hasn't swung yet, but it's the crowd behind him. So it's a very colorful filled picture and he's wearing a white jersey. And there was a note inside of it that said, sorry, I had nowhere else to sign on this picture because he signed across his crotch because it was the only place for him to sign <laughs> where you can see the signature because of everything that was around. That makes it like more valuable, right? That's, the, the price goes up when that happens. Uh, yeah, and then I have the note to go with it if I want to. Like get yeah. the sell yeah. it on eBay. No, I never sell it on eBay, but yeah, so him. I've met a few people. Met Mike Tomlin here locally because he does the Hampton Roads Youth Foundation. So that was pretty cool. So good times yeah. d'angelo williams actually friends with d'angelo williams so wow. that's yeah uh, you want to pick up all those names you're dropping bro like what's going <laughs> no. on right now i all that's right. only like half of them i mean you want me to keep going no we're good uh, you asked about my sports background <laughs> no way man i love to hear about d will man d will's one of those yeah. guys that you hear his story and the stuff that he did and how he basically revolutionized sports in the sense that you know when he came in with those pink cleats and the pink gloves it wasn't allowed then yeah. He really pushed that forefront of the cancer research, breast cancer, and all, all the power to him and did this while being part of Jonathan Taylor, D'Angelo Williams with uh, Carolina, and then going on his own in Pittsburgh and absolutely lighting it up. But I want to kind of circle back to your baseball cards because you have that GM background that you'd rather be a GM <laughs> than a baseball player. Did you trade cards more so than maybe other children? 
No, I was the opposite. I was by the entire collection thinking about in 20 years what this might be if I had all of them. So I, I didn't trade with anybody. I was, I was the worst person ever. Like, and that's the funny thing is I love I hate fantasy leagues where people don't trade. I hate it. If if there's not at least a couple trades that go throughout the year, I probably won't come back to the league just because it's boring to me. Um, that's why I don't play in more fantasy baseball leagues because fantasy baseball owners just seem boring they just don't ever want to trade and like it, it just it's, it, it takes half the fun out of it um and i've lost my fair share of trades the year that peyton manny bombed at the very end of the year i made a keeper league trade and everybody got ticked off about it because i traded for peyton manning and then he sucked i didn't even use him in the championship game because that's you don't win every single trade but uh no i wasn't just for that reason it's just because i was always thinking like oh if this ever turns into something i should probably dig through it at some point since cards are huge again Speaking of leagues, like what what was your your first league? Was it a baseball league or football? It was uh, it was baseball. Okay. It was the first so, league was baseball. It was a sand was it sandbox? I don't remember the site back then. Yeah, we all I was still in like, high school. We all have those like leagues that we started in. Um, are you still in the league? What's your favorite league you ever been in? No, uh, that's yeah, that's long gone. I'm in only three baseball leagues right now, and it's Top Wars and Labor because they're industry leagues, and then I'm. This is a name drop. It's just who runs the league. And then with one with <laughs> Michael Fabiano, who used to be, uh, you know, yeah. But that's actually my favorite one because it's head to head points. I love head to head points. So those are the only three. I don't play in a lot of baseball anymore. I'm mostly football. Uh, and so what's, what's, what's your favorite league you ever? Home league. Home league. Home, yeah. Because it's, it's a keeper league, auction keeper. Uh, so, and it's not just the fact that last year, and you, I'll pull every single year and show you the proof. Last year was the first year I didn't finish top three. The very first year. I just had a ton Thanks. of bad luck. But that's part of what it is, is everybody in the league knows who I am. And I should be. I, we should be the top of our league if it's a home league. They come right. to the draft with my rankings. And it pisses me <laughs> off every single year. <laughs> because they that's know what I'm thinking. one of my thinking. favorite questions. That's one of my favorite questions to ask analysts and stuff in these home leagues. And we've got guys, it's like, I might not even follow your rankings, but I'm going to bring your rankings anyway, just to show you I have your rankings. Yes. And it's my auction rankings. It's not even like, hey, I might not even get the next man up because of where I'm picking. It's auction and they know what my valuation is, which is, it's basically like playing poker and I'm holding my hand the opposite direction from everybody else so they can see my cards. <laughs> right. Yeah, so yeah, do you want to do the um, NBA Finals question, Matt? I saw you put that up. Yeah, right? I threw that up there. We like to mix it up a little bit. Who do you got in the finals here? Uh, I don't finals. care as long. I, I put an early bet on the Suns at 20 bucks to win about, I think it was like 600 or something. So I just want the Suns to win. Nice. I just felt like they're the healthiest and most well-rounded. And so how you mentioned those Knicks jerseys. The what jerseys? Those Knicks jerseys that they popped out there, those little black ones. I didn't even see those. I don't even know what you're talking about. This is where oh, old man. man yells at Cloud part of the episode <laughs> happened right here. And <laughs> Why are you trying new things? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta, it's an iconic jersey. Why put it black? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Nets at first. <laughs> I think he is yeah. talking about the Nets. He made he, no, the Knicks, yeah. the Knicks have the, they have like <laughs> a practice a uniform moment. that's black. Durant doesn't play for the Knicks, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Anyway, getting back to you, Jake. So um, at some point, you mentioned you know, your home league and you mentioned they bring your rankings. Well, at some point, you didn't have those rankings and you're, you've got this hobby and you're playing fantasy sports and you realize, okay, like I think I've got something I can add to this community here. Like I'm not just going to be somebody who participates, but I can contribute. Do you remember like kind of feeling that way at one point? And what was that transition like for you? <laughs> well, so there's two transitions. Uh, so one was... I've actually mentioned this on a couple shows recently because uh, this offseason talk about, you know, where did you come from and stuff like that. But uh, shout out to the guy, whoever you are. I, I hope he finds me one day because I want to thank him. There was a guy in a Giants forum back when forums were still a thing. And I was part of a Giants forum talking Giants stuff every single week. And we would talk fantasy. And because this was my dream, even way back then in high school, uh, you know, I was giving advice and one week the guy was like, hey, why aren't you doing this? And I was like, what do you mean? Why am I not doing this? And he's like, why aren't you doing like, why aren't you out there giving advice? Like, why aren't you on a site doing this? And I was like, I, I, I guess maybe I should. So I started on Blogspot, my own blog, all in sports on Blogspot. So that was the first. But the second one was after about two, two and a half years of doing that. I was like, you know what? Uh, I think what I'm doing is to your point is, is too good. Like, I, I think, well, you know, my knowledge is enough that I should be doing this somewhere where I'm getting more visibility than 13 readers a week or whatever it was on Blogspot, just because I was letting people a giant's forum knowing where my stuff was. Uh, so that's when I sent my stuff out by mail, printed it out, printed out my articles and wow. did the wrong thing for everybody out there. If you want to try to get hired by a site, don't do what I did. I sent it to the talent. I sent it to, uh, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Greenberg <laughs> and Max Kellerman and like all these people, like, because I was like, this is, I don't know who else to contact. So I'm going to send it to all these guys. Uh, and fortunately I, I had become friends, quote unquote. And I say friend, we are friends, but like quote unquote friends at that time, um, doing Tristan Cockcross chat on ESPN at lunch while at work every day, uh, talking chicken parm in 24, the TV show and stuff like that. So it become like a relationship where he knew who I was. Uh, and he and Casey Joyner at the time, who was actually at ESPN at the time, uh, both put me to Scott Engel, who they used to work with. And that's when I got picked up and started actually writing for a site. Wasn't there like a funny uh, Kornheiser? Uh, he yelled at me. You had? Yeah, he yeah, was yelled at me. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story by now. Only two people of all the stuff I sent out there. I actually also found that Max Kellerman was gone from ESPN at that time because they sent it back to me. And it was like, does not like whatever the thing is, is like not here or not listed or whatever. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, but no, two people called me. It was Mike Greenberg and Tony Kornheiser. Mike Greenberg called me first. Super nice. Super helpful. Uh, so thank you to Mike Greenberg for your help at the time. But Tony Kornheiser called me while at work doing my job. And I answered the phone. He was like, is this Jake? I was like, yeah. He's like, this is Tony Kornheiser. Uh, I got your stuff. So I'm at work. I wasn't expecting Tony Kornheiser to call me while I'm at work. So I'm immediately like, I, I can feel the sweat like be beating up on the back of my neck. Uh, so I like rushed to a room to try and get some privacy. And he's like, what do you want to know? <laughs> like I'm immediately, like he's like kind of treating me like I'm on his show. So I felt like my face get flushed. I felt the blood rush and everything like that. And I was just like, I, I was just trying to get advice from you, like how to become, how to get to your level someday. Like, what do I need to start doing? I don't know. I have to start at the low level. And I was probably stammering halfway through it too. Um, he was like, if you want to do what I'm going to do, just go do it. And I was just like, oh, 
okay uh and how would i just go do it because mind you i'm not that old but this is also before the time of Streamyard and mm -hmm. youtube well youtube was barely is like in its infancy i think at the time like, this wasn't just like go pick up and do a podcast if you want to do a podcast that wasn't a thing back then mm. and he was like as i was like I, okay but like what do you suggest and he's like you know, I just started writing for the Washington Post, started sending them my stuff. If you want to be on TV, be on TV. If you want to be on radio, be on radio. It's like in my mind, I'm like, I'm glad it's so simple. Thank you, Tony. Uh, <laughs> right. Thank you for calling to yell at me and just telling me to just do what I want to do. <laughs> and everybody I've told that to has told me I, sh I should have pushed back. Like he was probably trying to get me to do like on a show and like push back and fire back a little bit. But at the same time, even if he was, I mean, it's Tony Cornish. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to be like, you know, kind of fired up battling with tony cornizer so yeah i was just like oh well thank you <laughs> thanks for calling me <laughs> so yeah tony cornizer thank you too for calling and yelling at me and <laughs> getting my career nice. going i guess but in a sense that's some pretty good advice just go do it right if you it is yourself out there so it's it works a lot better today yelling. now than it does back then <laughs> right <laughs> so so moving on, you know, there's a recent question going around Twitter and we want to ask it to you. Tell us about a decision that changed the trajectory of your life and you can't say marriage or birth of a child. Well, uh, this, this, I definitely don't have to say either one of those because neither one of those have happened yet. So that's easy. Uh, <laughs> failing all of my dates. There's there's a there's a decision that's affected my entire life. <laughs> Uh, I will say the decision to go to the athletic is uh, obvious. That might sound for a lot of people, but only because at that time I was legitimately, I was, it was a fork in a road because I had three opportunities in front of me. And one of them was potentially moving up North for a job. One of them, I was trying to apply for the NFL network at the time, which was the job that Graham Barfield got for everybody that knows Graham Barfield. So I was applying for that. And then Nando uh, who I had worked with already was going to the athletic was trying to get me to come over there. And it was one of those, you know, sitting there praying about it all day long and not knowing what to do and asking everybody for their advice. I called Matthew Barry to be like, Hey, what do you say? Oh, that wasn't a name drop. I actually, I messaged him on Twitter and he gave me his number. I didn't have his number already. So there you go. Like, I just said, I didn't have his number until that point. Um, but you know, I asked him like his opinion just because I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I sat there for a really long time, just de debating where it was and looking back on it, it, you know, as great as NFL network might sound, I'm glad the athletic was the decision of the three that I made. It was clearly the one that benefited me the most. And it's a job that I, uh, I look back and I'm, I'm so thankful that it's the one that I went with. It's, it's easily the best decision that I made career wise, at least. And What's hilarious like about Major giving you a hard time about the name drops is he's going to spend all day tomorrow on, on Clubhouse talking about how he was here with Jake Seeley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's not true because nobody name drops me. Come on. Come on. Be honest. <laughs> I'm just giving Major a hard time. So, but I mentioned Clubhouse. That's obviously something new. You mentioned you had to like print out and mail out your newsletters. So you started a long time ago. I don't know when, when that was, but you know, eventually email came around. In other words, there's been a lot of changes in, in this industry. So you've walked through a number of things. Well, I could have emailed, but back then it was impossible to find their email addresses. That was, yeah. the, it was easy. It was easier to find where they were located and filming out of, and then mail it to that address care of 
than to gotcha. actually get their email address. Yeah, again, I'm not that. It's not like I'm 50 years old over here. <laughs> get off my lawn, kids! I gotta send out this mail. <laughs> Um, yeah, last time I assumed somebody's age, I accidentally ended his career, but I won't, we, we won't go into that. Um, Speaking of Matthew Berry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the, the challenges, like the different challenges from when you started to the challenges today. Like, you know, what do you think about the differences between the fantasy community then versus now? I would say, I, I mentioned this to somebody else recently, actually, is I say today's people in the fantasy industry have, if doing what we're doing right now, have it easier and tougher. And so to what that is, is back, you know, what you said is like mailing out my stuff is when I was trying to break in, it was go to ESPN, go to Fox Sports, had fantasy at the time, go to NFL. Like you had to go to a big company. Mm. And even if you went to a big company, you probably had to do it for free. Even if you got into, I mean, I did my job for free for six or seven years before I started getting paid. And I did it for eight before I got paid full time. Wow. So hopefully everybody doesn't have to go through that. But now you can do, like Tony Kornheiser said, if you wanted to go do it, you can now. You can go start your own podcast. You can start your own live stream. You can get on video. You can go to like little websites that are popping up every single year, fantasy-wise, and that are bringing people in and giving them opportunities. The problem where I say it's also harder is because that's a lot more competition because there are so many people and there are so many people now easily doing it where it was so tough back then that you had to find a source to do it for you. So it's the same thing I said on the other show. I'll say on your guys' show, and you guys know this, find something that differentiates you from everybody else because everybody can say, go back to what I said about C.D. Lamb. There's going to be a 1,000 people talking about C.D. Lamb this offseason. Why are you different from the other 999? you got to figure that out, and that's how you succeed in the business. I love that because one of the things that Tara is doing on the side, she's got her it's Tara time, and she's bringing out the John Browns. She's bringing out uh, Jared Goff. People no one wants to talk about, or people that aren't being talked about, players, and bringing kind of that to their attention rather than how we started off with Julio Jones at the top of the show because Julio's been talked about on every show, any publication. You've seen Julio, 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 right? So it's a little bit something different. Um, I kind of look back on your tweets here. I think it was sometime back in May. You kind uh -oh. of talked about name dropping <laughs> a little bit. And we kind of made fun of Major about going on to Clubhouse tomorrow and dropping Jake Seeley's name. But back at an open house back in May, oh. someone recognized you at an open house. What What's that feeling like? Like, Forget no. about everything else that's going on, but to be recognized in an open house out of nowhere. <laughs> So I've been recognized twice. That was only the second time. Um, and to put it in perspective, I actually went to the Royal Rumble in Arizona with two good friends of mine, Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman, and also uh, Mike Wright of the Footballers was with me. And there was us four. And granted, it was in Arizona where he lives. But walking from the parking lot to the stadium, Mike got stopped three times. Stopped by people walking by. And granted, he's a very recognizable person by the, his look alone. But it's just, you know, we're walking along and like, dang, like, like that, that's so cool. Like he, people walking on the streets, recognizing like multiple people in one walk. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't quite to that level of the astonishment of seeing what was happening to Mike. But at the same time, it just was like, even in my hometown of Virginia Beach, which is a million people, I think uh, somewhere around there. But to have somebody be like, oh, are you Jake Seeley? 
by the way, because I had walked out back. That's what it was. I was like, I walked through the house. I walked through the entire one and I walked out in the backyard and I spent a couple minutes looking at the backyard because I was making sure the fence, um, I didn't put it all from the place, by the way, but I was making sure the fence was okay for Barkley. So I spent a little bit of time out there. I was out there for a good couple minutes and I came back in. And he's like, Hey, you Jake Seeley. And I thought maybe now like our, my, the church I go to is a big church. My sister is my agent. So she, my sister knows a lot of people. Virginia Beach is a small town. Like I'll bump into people I went to high school with at randomly. So I just thought like maybe it was somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. He's like, yeah, I follow your fancy advice. I follow you on Twitter and stuff like that. I was just like, wow, that, that's, that's a, it's, it's, it's a humbling and cool experience at the same time. Like, it's just like, there are people out there that are just like, oh, this, that's you. That's really cool that I'm bumping into you in which, you know, 10 years ago, I'm like, holy crap, I'm bumping into this guy. So it's it's weird it can be both it can be like really exciting but also like a humbling like wow like people like me <laughs> do you have I, I people from, like your high school that reach out to you and they're like hey do you remember me uh, i got this fantasy <laughs> draft coming up <laughs> and... no interestingly enough so first of all well, the school i went to we had 32 people in our graduating class mm. wow so i went to a private school very small we were actually in trailers while i was going to the, <laughs> that school i'm not kidding you it was a giant gym and then trailers for the classrooms. They spent $70,000 on the basketball floor, but we we're going to class in trailers. That, that, that tells you where the money was going when I was going there. Uh, so only 32 people. I don't keep in contact with much outside of my two close friends that I still have friends with to today. Oh, there's a fight going on in the basketball game, by the way. Um, oh, man. But uh, no, the only people I, I do have people that do text me and I don't hear from them all year long. But it's actually people from like my church and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, I see you every Sunday and like you, you know, once in a blue moon, we're like, hey, what's up? You know, in passing. And then it's like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm doing a draft right now. And not only I, that's the worst part about it. It's not even leading up to it. It's uh, I'm doing the draft right I'm now. On the clock. Like, yeah. You had 364 days to talk to me. <laughs> It's like, hey, Jake, the message was great this Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm on the clock right now. And uh, <laughs> Wait, don't even say hi. Just like, hey, uh, who should I have right now? That's Remember really that what part like? of the sermon where Jesus said, love one another? I got a question for you. <laughs> I, the, the, my answer to that part of the sermon is I don't. That's why people don't like me. I don't love everybody. To be honest. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's get back on track a little bit here. Uh, Jake, so can you talk to us about some of your more memorable uh, podcasts or interviews? Yeah. Uh, am I allowed to name drop when you <laughs> ask me that? <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually got some names written down. So I've still got – I'm keeping score right now. So Yeah, you're keeping score well, right well, now? Jake, Jake, there's one name that I think you could drop in this interview that will just blow Major's mind here completely. I don't know. I already mentioned – we'll You tell me because there's only three. Fan. He's what? He is a 49ers fan. Oh, 49ers fan. I don't know. You might have to help me with that. So, uh, the three that the three that come to mind is D'Angelo Williams, um, because I had him on and he was talking about my dating life and made some terrible analogies and because it was just about how miserable my dating life has been and it just it's, people <laughs> that sounds like a show it. itself. Yeah, that's really what it was, honestly. But just being able to be like, hey, I have a player on. I've had a few players, but most other outside of D'Angelo, they were all like we're talking to this person because they want to do something with the athletic or this person, whatever that type of stuff. Uh, so the two that I had on my podcast have nothing to do with sports, 
Um, one was if anybody's ever watched the pitch meetings on YouTube, uh, hilarious Ryan George Canadian, by the way, uh, <laughs> everybody should check him out. The Ryan George he does pitch meetings. He takes movies and points out everything that's laughably wrong with them, but he does it as he's plays both parts. He's the guy with the script pitching it to the guy on the bit on the movie side of things. Hilarious. There's over a hundred of them out there. I recommend everybody watching them. So that was a really fun podcast. And then my all-time favorite one was actually the creator of Final Space, Olin Rogers. Um, if everybody's never seen Final Space, go watch it. It's a terrific show. Uh, it looks like it, it, he even said this on the podcast. It looks like a Futurama ripoff, but it's <laughs> it's it's better than that. Like there's more drama and character development and just like good love story involved. Like it's just great show. And he is hilarious. Like you should watch some of his YouTube videos too. Uh, but that was just cool because that one was just, you know, I, I didn't watch like I watched him on YouTube basically before people kind of knew about him. And then he got the show Final Space. And that was really when he broke out and became famous. But it was just kind of like even though he was becoming famous when I reached out to him, he still took that. He's like, yeah, I'll come on. You know, I, I have a million followers, but I'll still come on your podcast and just hang out for an hour and just talk about my life. So it was just, it was really fun. And we're still in communication. If there's a season four of Final Space, he said, I'm allowed to voice a character. And so nice. that's I am hoping cool. for a season four of Final Space. <laughs> that's awesome. So who was your first ever interview? Oh, that's where you're going. That's where I'm going on this one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about like something going on in the deli here or anything. I, I want the, the, the real goods. You want my worst interview ever. That's what you're asking for. <laughs> you're asking for somebody who I still hate to this day. And that's what? Joe Montana. What? For... what? <laughs> Joe... what? <laughs> Joe Montana. I'm like, hey, if Joe Montana ever watches your show, first of all, kudos to you guys. Um, but if Joe Montana ever sees this or hear this, I want you to know, Joe, I still hold a grudge against you. You're a complete jerk to me. And I hate you for it. <laughs> so and I was working for the uh, recap, by the way. That's right there. <laughs> That's exactly going right there. So we had a local radio station here. Um, this is actually, by the way, this is also where the all in kid nickname came from. So there was a local radio station, Mike and Bob, Mike Powers, Bob France, Bob Fresh is what his name was on the radio. It was Alternative Rock 96X. Uh, I became friends with them because I interned for the radio station. And I became friends because we liked a lot of the same sports teams and we played poker. And I had never really played poker in person. So the first time we ever played in person in a tournament, when you first start playing Texas Hold'em, you're like, oh, I don't care if I'm bluffing or not. I'm going all in. Like, that's the best move. Go all in. So I did it a whole bunch that day. And another guy with the nickname Don Ho-Ho's actually went, damn, all in, kid. And that's where all in kid came from. And that's where it stuck. But the same thing was Mike, Bob, and I were able to – we started a – sports show on the am side only lasted six months because they really mishandled the sports transition they still had half shows like wine tasting shows and stock shows mixed in interspersed with sports shows so it never you never knew what you were turning into at what time of the day but in any case at the end when it was about a month left and we already knew the show was going out uh they could kind of like checked out mentally they didn't even do the final week of the show i did the final week of my show by myself which <laughs> by the way Colin Cowherd and the rest of you people who do a show by yourself and don't talk to anybody else, all the credit in the world, that is the toughest thing I've ever done is trying to talk by yourself and nobody else on a podcast. Or, well, that was actually a radio show. But anyway, Joe Montana's representatives called 
and said, hey, do you want to interview him? He's in town promoting his benefit foundation, whatever it was. And I was like, hell yeah. And they both didn't care. And they're like, yeah, you can do it. We don't we don't care. The show's not even going to be around anymore anyway. Uh, so I went and nervous as hell. I mean, it's my first ever person interview. It's my first ever player interview. It's my first ever sitting down live in front of a person interview. And it's with Joe effing Montana. Like of all people, one of the greatest football players of all time is my first interview. So I'm nervous as heck. I write down every single question, try to memorize them. So I, you know, I'm not shaking and nervous. And I was, I know I was shaking when I got there. I know he knows I was nervous and that's why I'm pissed off about it. So I tried to break the tension for myself. And what do you do as a speaker? What do they always tell you? Open with a joke or, you know, get, get that, just that relaxation going. So it wasn't a complete joke. It was just, Hey, there's no nickname for Joe Montana. He doesn't have a nickname. So my first question was, we don't have a nickname for you. Nobody's ever called you anything. I was like, there had to be something in high school. Like, or maybe your parents even called you something. It's like, what's the nickname? Tell us, tell us, what's your nickname that you've never told anybody before? And just looks at me and goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. And what I just did, dead silence, staring at me. Dead air. Didn't. Continue, didn't try to laugh it off, didn't try to move into something else, just sat there dead silence waiting for me to ask the second question. I blacked out. I don't remember the rest of the interview. I have no idea if I asked the right <laughs> questions. I don't even know if I made sense. Um, because basically after that point, I have I just I my blood went everywhere else and I have no idea what happened with the rest of the interview. I still have it on tape somewhere. I still have never listened to it to this day because I'm terrified of how bad it sounds. Hmm. Wow, man, that sucks. <laughs> So and that's I why like Joe, I don't like Joe Montana anymore. You Thank know? you. I'm Joe Montana's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady's the goat, Joe, not you. Suck it up. <laughs> you make that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So um, if you were, so let's say, let's say that there was no, there was no Giants message board and there was no Tony Kornheiser sage wisdom phone call. <laughs> and there was no fantasy football for you. What else would you be doing? Well, so I went to college for marketing and e-commerce minor Ooh, uh, because it was the least boring thing in the world to me. And it was still kind of boring. So I left college and worked at Geico brief briefly. And then I was the internet marketing manager for a company called Lillian Vernon. I'd probably be doing man like a marketing manager type position somewhere and like half enjoying life like i say half just because it was similar to college it was the least boring real like real job that there was uh, but it still wasn't i mean i opened a deli and that completely failed uh that actually went bankrupt in two years unfortunately something else i thought i wanted to do and it's a good thing too my dad and i were talking about this past year and saying i can't imagine so when it went bankrupt was 2015, which if you pr you put out the timeline when we opened in 2013, 2019, 20, if it was successful, probably is about the time where you start thinking about opening a second one. Mm -hmm. And if we open a second one right as COVID hit, oh. I mean, now we've been closing two places because there's a lot of places around like local shops. A lot of them suffered. Um, so it's you know, hindsight. It's like, OK, it's a good thing. I didn't want to lose all that money, but it's, eh, it's it is what happens. But so probably just doing. My, just doing marketing and kind of just being like, yeah, and an everyday man and kind of just being out there doing a normal job. See, I thought maybe that I've, again, I, I like to creep your Twitter a little bit every once in a while because that's how I roll. 
I thought maybe you'd be like working for Disney or something, maybe setting the parental guidance on things, like maybe <laughs> maybe giving Hercules or Shrek a different kind of rating. Um, <laughs> do we want to go into detail a little bit about the beef with about Hercules? Hercules? About how yes, sexually Hercules. suggestive that movie is, and that nobody talks about that. Really? <laughs> I, I Did you never well, see that? Yeah, We've all seen Shrek, and it, it's pretty blatant. Like it, it's pretty quick. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. That ooh, that's probably not for right. kids, right? Hercules, no one talks about it. You're right. I no. agree with you 100. Every it's, little innuendo in Hercules, it just like it gets the it passes. No one, no one mentions well, it because I just I recently saw some of it, and it's like the scene that was that that when I tuned in was the one where he first rescues Meg, and she's cleaning up in the water, and she's literally bent over. And it's showing the backside shot, and he's like, like, and what, like, and then she's being flirtatious with it, and they say some innuendos in a kids' damn movie. <laughs> they say innuendos, it, like it's just stuff. And that was my whole. That's what made that oh. spurred the thought process about what you're talking about with the tweet. I said, which of this is the most sexually suggestive that maybe kids aren't catching? And it was Hercules, Toy Story series, and Shrek, because Toy Story's got a few too that people don't even realize. Um, when you go back and look at it, but yeah, it's, uh, it is. And throughout that entire movie, there's a lot of it that that was a very, very, yeah. I don't know if it would pass. I don't, if it was released today, I don't know if it would make it through the cancel culture that's out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what have you learned through fantasy sports? I know you got, you have a lot of things going on with athletic and looking at Disney movies and finding into windows and everything. What else do you have? <laughs> what, what have you learned through fantasy sports? Uh, like as in working in the business? Yes, sir. I would say uh, to go similar to my point from before about, you know, find something that makes you different uh, because what I've learned about this industry is it's, it's twofold. It's one is there's a million people saying the same thing and you can get, drowned out by so crowd noise so to speak because everybody is out there trying to do the same thing and if you i go on like i go listen to other shows to be like oh you know there's always new people like you guys i didn't know who you guys were a year ago um but you listen to stuff and you're like isn't interesting and i hate to say this but this should be the lesson for everybody out there i've listened to stuff and be like after 10 minutes it's like i can't do any more of this like i can't like and I, I, I don't want to be the guy to reach out and be like, here's my two cents. You don't even know I was listening to your show. You need to do better. But again, you need to find something that makes you different than everybody else. But also at the same time, where I'll say with that is decide kind of like similar to I do. Don't hopefully don't go six, eight years without getting paid, but don't half ask this industry. This, this industry will eat you alive and you'll be gone in six months if you try to half ass it. That, that's I will say that just because, again, to go back, there's so many people out there that are busting their tail and trying to find their different voice and trying to do it differently that if you're out there and you kind of just want to be like, oh, you know, I found these five stats on PFF and you have zero context or know even what like half what you're talking about. You, people are going to know people are going to know if you didn't put the 100 percent behind it. Yeah, I, I like that because that sounds like you listened to Matthew McConaughey's video today too. Talk about half-assing. No. He threw that out there. Oh, he, he he did something about half-assing it too. He threw that out there. But I, I like what did he just go? All right, all right. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's I, know, I keep getting. It was basically I keep getting older, but everyone keeps half-assing it the same. So it was kind of one of those type of things. That's pretty good. Nice. So. 
So we're going to, for this next question, we're going to put Major on timeout for a second so that you can name drop because that's what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> you can like pick on Major Day, but let's go. Um, so good. Relationships. Tell us about some of, you know, maybe, you know, one, two, three of those most important relationships that you've had within the industry. Oh, okay. I'm glad you went that direction. I thought you were trying to bring up my dating life. I was like, no, no, no. are you really going down this road? Uh, you got the names dropped there too. We're like, let's go ahead and hear that. No, no, no. no. It is Thursday, Thursday, right? That's, That's what right. Choice is. It's Thursday, it is. Thursday. Oh, yeah, it is. I, I didn't even realize. I keep forgetting it's Thursday. There you go. I mean, that's 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 part of this industry too. It's just the days don't even mean anything anymore. Um, I, I, you know what? The thing is, I mentioned his name before is Nando DeFino's number one on the list. Uh, I will recommend everybody out there that if you can make a connection, that that's the one thing I didn't say that too. It's a major, I know you're on timeout, but to your question as well, <laughs> this kind of circles back to it is like make connections because it's kind of almost sucky to say this, but I've seen people who get jobs where other people are doing a hell of a lot more just because of the connection they have. That's that just understand that's part of the industry it's like hollywood you know you might see a great actor in some no-name movie but because they knew a director from somewhere else that's the guy that they bring in something like like jj Abrams loves to recycle his actors we know that and that type of stuff but that's why i say make the connections and if there's one guy out there like i, I will say see there you go nando defino he's the guy he's the one that's it's the cliche life of the party always smiling always having a good time if you get on his bad side and there's very few people on it, there's something wrong with you. And that's why I say that there's something wrong with you. If Nando doesn't like you, cause he likes everybody. And he's made so many connections for myself and a lot of people I've worked with through the years, just alone, because he's one that always is looking out for somebody else. Like he'll see, like if you guys tomorrow were posting a job, he would probably, and he saw it and knew somebody. He'd be like, hey, you should check out whatever, even if he's never talked to you before, because he's always looking out for people to get that next one. So Nando is number one at the top of the list. Um, Matthew Berry, I will include because Matthew Berry at this point, especially of his career, uh, over a million, five, he doesn't have to take time out of his day to talk to me if he doesn't want right. to. And, and like, and I wouldn't fault him for that. And that's why I say that. Like if, if Matt, if I, you know, I sent him a DM and if, if he never responded, I would have been like, you know, I would have been like a little bit upset that he didn't, but I would have never like been like, you know, screw him. It's just, you know, Matthew Barry doesn't have to anymore. And he still does. And that 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 means something. So those would be the top two. And then oh, Bob Harris is a great one. Bob Harris, I always love him. Scott Angle, I'll say this. Scott Angle will always have my back 100%. He's trying. He's already because you have to have 10 years before you can be elected to the pro uh, football or pro whatever the uh FSWA, yeah, Fantasy Sports Writers Association, whatever the one is, FSWA, the one where yeah. they do the awards every single year. That's the right one, right? FSWA, no, do you guys, yeah. No. He's, he has to be in the industry for 10 years before you can get nominated for the Hall of Fame. And he's already trying to nominate me for the Hall of Fame. I'm like, dude, I'm only on year 11. I'm like, like, chill out. I appreciate it. But so those would be my top four. And definitely Nando and Matthew Barrier, you know, they're always looking out for people, even though they don't need to. <laughs> Bob calls them bald. Bob calls everybody bald because he is bald. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants other people. He just wants other people to join him. Well, you see the intro video. Bob's like, it must be bald guy. Day. Rank was on earlier. Yeah, that, that was on there. Right Rank's on the a intro, good guy so. too. I hung out with him in uh, Vegas for a little uh, little while. He's super friendly. He's into rent wrestling and Star Wars like I am. So he's another good one. Fabiano's a good one. I he actually helped me when I was trying to decide between the jobs too. Honestly, and he's got he's another one that doesn't have to take out of his time a million followers at this point of his career. Right. I love those names that you mentioned. We got Nando coming on in August. He's been enough to jump on our show. I'm looking forward to that. We've had pretty much the whole CBS crew. I was like, Dave, 
Who do we need to get? Oh, on I love show? Jamie. He goes, he goes, you got to get Nando. I'm like, all right, it's done. So he, yeah, I got in touch with him. He's going to jump on the show. Matthew Barry, you said he doesn't have to do this stuff. We recently did a show for uh, how we can make a difference for the blind community in fantasy football. I kind of dropped it into his DMs, and he retweeted it shortly after. All of a sudden, our, our numbers just went right through the roof because it was a huge cause. And that's the Barry bump that we talk about. Yeah. But I want to ask you about another member, uh, Calvin Major Terra Steppings. I might have the name wrong. Um, Mike Clay. Uh, was there a uh, – you guys went down to a conference or something, one of your first conferences together, and you guys kind of interacted a little bit? Was that Mike Clay? And then his wife – you met his wife too? No, I haven't met Mike Clay's wife. So who's, uh, who's the wife are you thinking of then? Now I'm interested. No, it wasn't. You guys um, – it was a show there. there you're, like, you're like, yeah, the wife, and you like met the wife. It was someone – I can't remember now. I'm drawing a gosh, blank. Who was it? Was, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of wives that I've met, honestly. Man, I have yeah. met Mike Clay several times. Like, I was trying to – Mike Clay was at uh, the – the uh, what the – Combine. I was having a brain for it there. That was actually the Combine, and we got lunch the one day, and I did my write-up about the first experience at the NFL Combine where we saw what we thought was a dead body in Indianapolis. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we, it, we, we were, it's, it was actually Clay, Barry, and I were walking to the Steak and Shake. Is that the that's the burger place, right? Shake Shack, the, not Shake Shack. The steak, oh. the one that's got steak in the name. I, is I think it's Steak there and Shake. Steak and Shake, yeah, yeah, Steak okay. and Shake. And we're walking by, and there was just a dude laying on the sidewalk, and some paramedics around him. And the reason we think he wasn't alive is because the paramedics weren't doing anything. They were just standing there. <laughs> they were standing there waiting for something. So we we're just kind of like, yeah, we don't think he's dead you know for this world at this point and the weirdest i felt weird getting food because we still it was right outside the steak and shake and we got a booth and sat down and started eating and it's two windows behind us right outside and i just was like it felt weird that that was like over my shoulder i was trying to tell that story and also give you time to figure out who you were talking about by the way i was trying to help you out there yeah i'm drawing a blank i, I tried to look it up i i want to i still my gut says it's Mike Clay somehow, or I can't remember. Either way, I don't think it was, but it no, was, because I haven't it met was, his it wife. It had to do with like a draft board. And- yeah, it was somebody yeah. at a conference exactly. that brought their wife, and she like ran the draft board. But I, I was don't Tagliere. Yes, Tagliere. Mike Tagliere. All right. Yep. So what's the question behind Mike Tagliere? <laughs> it was just about the relationships are important. I think were you oh, yeah. pretty new to the fantasy industry with, at that conference or something like that? You kind of that wasn't even a conference. Got- that was the flex leagues, which that's that's what I was gonna. Mm. I'm glad you kind of did that because you said the CBS guys, and I'd be remiss if I didn't include Jamie Eisenberg in that list of people that are great in the industry. Another one that shouldn't have to take any of his time. I mean, at the NFL Combine, he's on the panel for CBS on live TV interviewing players. So he doesn't need to spend time, but he does. And he's a, he's a great one too. If you ever meet Jamie in person, just so you know, though, he speaks really fast and quickly and abrupt. And it almost sounds like he's being rude if you don't know at first, but he's not. That's just how he speaks for everybody out there. He's a super nice guy. Uh, the flex leagues is what you're talking about. That actually started because when I first started in this industry, one of the first things I ever said to Scott angle, when I started writing was we have tout and uh, labor for baseball, which are the expert leagues. I hate expert industry leagues. Let's call them that. And it's, you know, the best of the best. And you have to be invited. And there's a waiting list and all this type of stuff. And I said, the very first thing is like, why are we not doing this for football? Like, why is there no industry football big leagues? Because this is even before Scott Fishbowl was even a thing. It's like, why are these out there? 
And he's like, I don't know. Nobody's ever done them. So after about two or three years of asking about that, I was also working for football.com as a side hustle at the time. too. So I was working for two different sites and a full-time job. If people out there want to see what it takes to get in this industry, there you go. Uh, football.com, which is the best URL ever run by the biggest idiots ever because nobody goes there for NFL football. You have the yeah. your URL the is football.com. It's like you don't get any better than that. Um, but I was over there doing fantasy, and what I did at the time is I pulled the consensus of industry people before – your accidental name drop at the beginning of fantasy pros was even a thing. This is before they even did their thing is I found a bunch of people in the industry. I was like, Hey, send me your top hundred. I'm going to combine them into a consensus and I'm going to send them back to you guys. And we're going to release these 20 at a time. And then I want you to say one overrated or underrated or somebody you really like. That's perfectly priced, something like that. So it was five, weeks of releasing 20 players all the way up to number one. And at the end of it, Jamie Eisenberg was like, Hey, you guys, he's like, why don't you do a draft with all these guys? And I was like, Oh yeah, like, I've been trying to do that forever. And he actually helped me get flex started because he had way more connections than I did. So that's what it was. That's the first time I ever met Mike Tagliere. And we were live on Sirius XM at their studio in DC. And we got there. And one of the people who were just going to show up and hang out, and do the draft board for us so we could actually see what we were drafting didn't end up coming and so that's where tagliere's wife was like oh I'll, I'll i'll do it um so yeah we actually had his wife who was willing to you know just tag along and do the draft board for us but yeah that was the first time i ever met mike that's the first time i met a lot of people in person that was the whole reason behind flex too is not just be like oh this is an industry league i beat everybody in the industry it's i've never met you guys in person i've never met half the people I've talked to this year on podcast in person. And it's just to get together once a year and actually hang out just for a day and draft together and hang and then go out for drinks and food afterwards. And so really about to go back to the relationship is build the relationships. I know people who've made connections through flex. I'm not being like, Oh, look at me at flex, but people have made connections and jobs and opportunities because of that, because it's what you're talking about is just the relationships out there. Yeah, I love that cool. you mentioned that because I got lucky enough and fortunate enough that Bob Long hit me up to represent the Dawson division for Canada in the Kings Classic. And a lot of the individuals that you see on this show have come through the Kings Classic, kind of that connection, that networking. And God willing, if the borders are open, I'm coming down. Even though I'm in the <laughs> international division, I will sit in the corner by myself <laughs> while everyone's going on because I, I want to see all these industry Guys get together, guys and gals get together and do an auction draft. I, I can just imagine the insanity that's going to follow with that kind of thing. Oh, that gets very that that's a lot of fun. We've done that with Flex. It's 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 very it's very interesting to see an auction go on because then you even get I'm I'm the type of person that I even say you you hear it in my voice and like when you when you start to aggravate me, with stop bidding me up. Like enough, go away. <laughs> just like forty one, stop. <laughs> So, so Jake, um, what, what do you have in store for the rest of the off season? Uh, so fortunately I'm taking a little bit of a breather cause I just finished my, I've been doing this for three, well, three years with the athletic, but a couple of years in general is my breakout candidates for all four positions. Um, award 
nominated, never award winning. So, but at least it's been nominated. Uh, just finished up with the robust tight ends, the five breakout tight ends, which you're all waiting for. And everybody's super excited for, for that. But uh, our draft kit drops in July. So there's a little bit of a break. I'm going to be doing a football mailbag, but I'm working on the draft kit coming out. As I mentioned, I was already working on the projections to get those ready and going, but I still have the fantasy baseball mailbag at the athletic because I still have to do a little bit of baseball because that's actually, I kind of got known for baseball before I got known for football, even though I do more and have always done more and do better with football. But the, the accuracy is what got me for baseball. What really happened was I, and not to like you know, toot my own horn or whatever, I finished number one back-to-back years in accuracy for baseball. And so that kind nice. of like put my name out there for that, even though I am more for football. So that's coming out. And then like I said, the draft gets coming out for July, which is the breakouts are one of my favorite, but one of the articles in the draft kit that's always my favorite is last year's trash because people make the mistake of being burned and then burying that person and never wanted to go back to them again. So that's where you find a ton of value. I love those guys every single year. Man, you've been dropping some great advice already throughout this show, Um, especially like showing your hustle, having a full-time job and working for two different websites all at the same time. Um, But can you give us some advice for those of us trying to make it in the industry? Yes. Uh, so Tony Quinnire said, just go just do, do it. Go do it. You want to be on TV, go do it. You want to be on ESPN, go do it. Just go out there. The old guy yelling at people. The circle of yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get the hell off my lawn and go do it. Uh, no, I, I will say the biggest things it's been, as you mentioned, it's been said, but to under, to underscore the two biggest ones is yes, just go do it because now you can so much easier. Uh, but the two ones that go with that is, like I said, is find your voice, find what's going to make you different, uh, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be even be sports different. Like if you want to be a stats guy, be a stats guy. If you want to be a film guy, be a film guy, like whatever you want to do. If you want to be tight ends only because you feel like that's your niche, like do it or figure out what makes you different than everybody else. But also it's not just the hustle from the work side of it. It's make those connections. I can't tell you how many, like, please make those connections. I, my Twitter, like the following I have, which isn't even like that. It's because, you know, I, you, you got to toe the line and I can't, I don't really have to give advice on this part, but there's towing a line between jumping in conversations of people you follow to try and get you noticed, but not be obnoxious about it. And that's, that's the thing is like, because people will respond to you eventually. Like if you're in a conversation with two people I'm talking with, and then you kind of jump in and throw something interesting out, I'll say, don't jump in the conversation, immediately start an argument. But you could like, you know, it could be like, Hey, I was looking at this and I found this. And then, you know, if I'm talking to rich rebar and he's like, Oh yeah, that makes good sense. And then all of a sudden the people that follow us see you, and then you potentially get some followers from that. And then also because you interacted with us when Nando comes to somebody on my level, which is way below Nando, he even says like, hey, we're looking for somebody like this. You have any names? I could be like, oh, you know, I talked to you, these, you guys. I talked to Tara Galvin Major and Rat. I talked to, you know, like whatever. Like it's just the connections are going to mean so much to you. Well, Jake, all I got to say about that is I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> they, they need to make a Funko of him on one of his movies. <laughs> just one of them. Last question. Do you have any nicknames you've never told anybody about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh too much. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one. Do you, do you want it? It's, it's awful. You're never allowed to use this. 
You're never, ever, ever allowed to lose. I mean, the obvious one was Sealy Postropedic, but <laughs> oh. the, yeah, the mocking one that I got for the bullies in high school, quote unquote, if you want to call them that, this is the worst one. I, hey, this is kudos to you guys. I have never told anybody this. <laughs> this, you, Cal, I legitimately, this is the, the question you just asked. I've legitimately never told anybody this. So there you go. Hate it to <laughs> this day. Job. So don't ever call me this. But I, in high school, it's called Squealy. Mm. Why? It just rhymes. Just it just, it just, it just sounds so disparaging. Or with your name. Yeah. And then Nando calls me Jakey Jakey because if you've ever seen Not Another Teen Movie, there's one specific <laughs> line out of the entire movie, the entire damn movie, where he's talking about something and the tough guy in that movie says to Captain America, who, by the way, played the main role in that movie, uh, he looks at Chris and he goes, Jakey Jakey, about to make a big mistakey. And Nando's called me Jakey name. Jakey for my entire life. That sounded like name. Nando when you said that. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Adam Ronas can do a spot on Nando impersonation, by the way. The greatest moment in podcast history was he went on like a just a um, just a tirade of four letter words that Adam had to beep out of the podcast <laughs> just to make Adam mad. <laughs> that was the greatest moment. I love that. He's uh, awesome. They're always great together. Yep. So I think that's, I mean, this, this went, uh, even overtime and appreciate you staying like this. This was a really, I, I had a lot of fun. Hope you had a lot of fun. Um, so much fun, man. just want to give everybody an opportunity. We, we mentioned Tara, tell everybody a little bit about the YouTube videos that you have dropping. Yeah. Um, if you guys, you know, obviously subscribe to dynasty vipers, my videos are under there. It's Tara time. Same as my username, but yeah, they're just, 30, uh, 30 players in 30 days, quick, you know, two to three minute videos talking about players that you can add for um, adding depth to your dynasty roster or things that might be a little riskier. So a lot of players that maybe you haven't thought of adding or you might think that might not be someone that adds value. But uh, but yeah, go check it out. Major, how about you? Other than I know you're shopping for a green screen this week, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah. What else? I mean, I don't do anything. I'll be I'll be name dropping Jake on Clubhouse. <laughs> Catch me on Clubhouse. Oh, I met I met Michael Vick too. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, we're gonna get some brooms for this guy. Clean up on our five. It's all good. It's all good. I'll be name dropping Jake on Clubhouse. Catch me there. Um, I guess to back to you, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Last well, word. Last word. Well, Jake, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. And I just want to leave our audience with this. All those single ladies that are watching the show, slide into Jake's DMs. You know what? If you want some Jake slow jams, he's got all the love songs coming for you. He's been thinking about all these songs all his life. It's not the end of the road. And it's all for one. And with that said, this is Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Make sure you uh, check out the Fantasy Points Media Group. Head over to the fantasypoints.com. 21 Vipers 10, 10% off. I nailed it this time. Fantastic. And we're out of here. <laughs>